0: Well, we wanna welcome you to Rise Church. My name is Jason, one of the pastors here on staff. And uh, one of the things that our pastor always tells us to do is is if you're a guest with us, try us out three times, everybody say three times. That way you get the full experience. Pastor Aaron will be back with us next week sharing. And so uh, if you're watching online, take the time to like, comment, Uh, Maybe leave us a review so that other people can uh, get the word out. And we are finishing up a series called, What on Earth Am I Here For? And so in week one, Pastor Aaron shared about, we are here for relationship with God, to know Him. We, in week two, we discover that we're here for fellowship with the saints, with the church, that we find family, uh, a spiritual family. In week three, we talked about discipleship with Pastor Aaron, uh, that we develop our purpose. And then last week, we had uh, Pastor Todd here, and he talked about ministry making a difference. So today I want to start off in, in Romans, Romans 10. This is where we're going to start off today and get the basis for this last week five finale thing on what on earth are we here for? Let's turn to Romans 10. If you have your Bible, you can turn. If you don't, you can look there on the screen. Also, if you have the Bible app, if you go to your, uh, your phone's store, whether it's Google or Apple, you can look up Bible and there is an app and then you can search for local events and we have all of the notes on there every week you can save those uh, get those and that makes it easy to follow along romans 10 verse 13 the writer says for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved everybody say calls everybody say saved he says but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone tell them without being sent? Everybody say sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. With that scripture in mind, let us pray. Father God, we lift up this word to you today. Let my words be your words. Let the truth that I share be your truth. Let the wisdom be your wisdom. I just proclaim understanding and hearing upon those listening today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. The fifth purpose that we have in this life Is the word evangelism. Evangelism. Everybody say evangelism. Evangelism. But that's kind of a Christian word. It's kind of a Christian word. And for some of us, when we hear this word evangelism, there are some imagery that comes to our mind. If you're maybe a little bit older, when I say evangelist, you might think of like Healing evangelists back in the 40s, the 90s—that was like a big thing. Like the, and they got the hair, and they got a, a TV program, and they're speaking to you. And if you give them 19.99 a month, they will send you Holy Land water, or something like that right? Y'all are laughing because y'all know what I'm talking about. For, 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 for some, you might have grown up in a church like me where evangelism meant this. We got these, uh, these flyers and we go door to door and we knock on their door. Nobody answers. We're, we just pray. Like if you were like me, you were praying, nobody would answer. <laughs> Because then you would have to talk to them about, you know, and so you just like put the thing on there. Or, or uh, I remember as a teenager uh, going to a football game, I just took my daughter to her first football, g- high school football game. I remember going, uh, the, the school that I was a part of, they were they were uh, not only uh, state champs, but they were ra- ranked number two in the nation. And I remember going uh, to the football game. And then after the football game, I was waiting for my mom to pick me up at this gas station because, you know, she didn't want to go in there into the crowd. so you'd go to this gas station a block down, and there's a guy with a bullhorn there, and he's going, repent, football is of the devil, you're all going to hell, you know, and he's like wondering why none of the teenagers are listening to him. Maybe those are the images of evangelism that you get, but I want you to know that my eight-year-old son is an evangelist my eight-year-old son lincoln is an evangelist and i remember that when i first got in ministry i i I was in kids ministry because that's the only place they would put me they're like how much harm can he do back there and they would say don't try to teach kids to evangelize because they can't understand it. But my eight-year-old son, he understands evangelism. But it's not the kind of evangelism that I really want him to do. My eight-year-old son is a Fortnite evangelist. (laughs) My eight-year-old son is a Minecraft (laughs) evangelist. And if you know any eight-year-olds, you know what I'm talking about. Like, he never stops talking about it. Like, never. I mean, he doesn't even read the room. Like, we're just like, Lord, rapture me now. (laughs) Please let him stop talking about this. I mean, he is nonstop. And then if he's not talking about it or playing, he's now discovered that there are YouTube videos about it and he will watch them and watch other kids and grown men playing Fortnite and other games that he likes. We gave him some money the other day for the book fair and he comes back with a Pokemon cookbook. I'm like, you don't even know how to turn on the stove what are you going to do with this? He is bold to share about those things, no matter what our response is. He has no shame to share, no matter what our response is. He shares all the way, because we walk to school, all the way to school, all the way home from school, if, you're in the car, if I'm taking him to go get a haircut, all the way to drive to get the haircut, all the way to drive back to get the haircut. Today, on the way, as my wife is driving to church today, he's going to talk all the way. And then all the way home, when he's at school and he has free time, he talks about it. He is unrelenting. He tells everyone everywhere. And what evangelism simply means It means to share the good news. It means to tell people. Now, my son is a Fortnite evangelist, but I'm not trying to get you to be a Fortnite evangelist today. (laughs) Acts 1.8 shares what Rise Church believes is our goal as evangelists in the world. Acts 1.8, New Living Translation, I'm going to read this. He says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We believe that's still for today. He's still speaking today. He's still empowering today. You will be my witnesses. Look at this. Telling people. Everyone say "telling telling people. About me everywhere. He says in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you are not... versed in first century Israel geography, we just read those words and we're just like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know where any of those places are. So Jerusalem was their city. Jerusalem is our city. Think about our city, San Antonio, Helotus, wherever in the city, Alamo Ranch, wherever you live at, that's the Jerusalem. Judea was the name of the region. So that's like Texas. This area of the nation, our nation. Samaria, now this is so subversive that Jesus would throw this in here. Because the Samaritans were people that the Jews did not like. Because they mixed Jewish religion with paganism and other uh non-monotheistic religion and just worshiping spirits, and they were kind of a, you know, of a different race and a different culture. Those are the people who live near you, but they believe differently than you. They act differently than you. They come from a different culture. They're, they're other. But here you see Jesus say, you're supposed to reach them too. You're supposed to tell them too. And then lastly, he says, the ends of the earth And that is everyone, everywhere else. Just like my son is wanting to tell everyone, everywhere, we're supposed to tell everyone, everywhere. So how do we do that? One of the things that we do is we have local partners that we partner with. And I believe you can see some of them on the screen. You can always go to our website and see the different local partners that we have. We have many different local partners here at Rise that we partner with. Oh, there we go. Look, you can see some of the logos of those different places that we partner with. Then we also believe in church planting. We, we give to church planting here at Rise Church. And the idea of this is, is it's very, we're very strategic about this. If we give to a local partner, that's good. We believe that's good, that's that's great, that's money that's gonna be well invested into the kingdom. But when we invest into church planting, think about it this way, our money then becomes multiplied. It becomes exponential. Because guess what that local church is going to do? Give to local projects and local, they're gonna partner with somebody local. And we'll even do this in our own city. And this is, this is just, you know, financially wise for us as an investment to understand that when we give to other churches, and they give to other churches, and they give to other local organizations, that our money and our investment into the kingdom becomes exponential. And then lastly, we give to global partners. We have uh, partners across the nation and across the world that we partner with, that we give to, and they're doing things like healing the sick feeding the hungry, clothing the poor, caring for orphans and widows, water for the thirsty, disaster relief. They're training up leaders. They're reaching the unreached. And our idea here is what we're doing is we're partnering with these organizations. We're mobilizing the church to make an impact. We partner, we mobilize, we impact. So what am I asking you to do? What is God asking you to do when it comes to evangelism? There's three things that I believe that the scriptures tell us that we are to do. And I'm going to tell you ahead of time and then I'm going to tell you again. Everybody say pray. pray. Give. give. Go. go. Let's say it again. Pray. pray. Give. give. Go. go. So pray. What are we to pray? What are we to pray? The first thing that we're to pray is that people will say yes to God. By that, I mean that they'll say yes to God when he calls them to go. In Matthew 9, 37 through 38, this is one of the the, the key things that while Jesus is on the earth, he tells us to pray for. He doesn't tell us to pray for a lot of things, but this is one of the key things. He says, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. If you're serving on a team here, you feel that, right? So pray to the Lord of the harvest who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers in his fields. We're commanded to pray that by Jesus. It's in red letters in your Bible. We have to pray that. So we pray for those who will say yes to God. Number two, we pray for those whom God sends to have an open door. Paul prays this in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, or he says this. He says, there is a wide open door for great work here. We want a wide open door for great work here. This is one of the key things that we prayed over rise before we even started. Lord, let there be a wide open door for great work here. And let me tell you, God has answered that prayer. And then number three, what do we pray? We pray that yes, People will say yes to God. We pray for those that that open door. And then number three, we pray for those who will hear, that they will listen and understand. And if you're a parent, you know the difference between hearing and listening and understanding. Matthew 11, Jesus says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. He commands us to listen. And understand. We pray for those who hear the word. This is, again, something we pray over you every week. That as you come in today, you will listen and understand. So we pray. Number two, we give. Everybody say give. To help others go. Why do we give? To help others go. Third John 1.8, he said this. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. That when you give here at Rise, and, 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 and we then funnel that to our global partners, local partners, you are, that's the word, partnering with them directly. You are their partner as they're teaching the truth. Matthew 10, verse eight, he says, give, as freely as you've received. He says, when you receive, you need to give. And ultimately, what we're doing is found in Matthew 6. He said this, 620, store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Now, when I was a kid, we went to like a, a small church church by small church, I mean, like, the attendance record was, like, 90 people. And remember, if you know anything about me, I'm the oldest of, like, nine kids. So, like, they still could only break 90 people with when our family showed up. <laughs> we were, like, a tenth of the church. And somehow, I don't know how, and if my dad's watching, Dad, I love you, but, like, they let my dad, like, they did this thing called specials. And specials was after the music and after the offering, somebody would get up and just sing a solo. And, like, you had, like, these performance tracks that were on a tape that had, like, whatever your vocal range was. And so my dad would get up there and do that. And it was like, you're so embarrassed as a kid. You're like, no, please tell my dad no. But I remember there was this special, not that my dad did, but another person did. And and it was a song about, I've never seen a U-Haul pulled behind a hearse. And 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 the song was, you can't take it with you when you go. And the idea was, is like all the things you accumulate here on the earth, you don't get to bring them to heaven with you. But here Jesus is saying, actually, there's a way to send them directly to your treasury in heaven. And that's when you give to the kingdom purposes. So, coming up on November 19th, we do this every year, we're going to have a vision offering. And so what I encourage you to do is what we do with this vision offering is, yes, we do some things internally, but most of the things that we do are externally. Pastor Aaron's going to break down what we did this past year, what we desire to do for the next year. And so here's what I'm, I'm encouraging, I'm challenging you to do, is pray about what God would have you to give. Right now, I'm praying, God, what would you have the Martin family give? What would you have us give, Lord? And will you make a provision for us to be able to do that right now? Would you bring that into our hands right now so that we could give? We will obey you, Lord. Just tell us what to do. We'll do it. And so that's my encouragement for you is don't give because I tell you to give. Don't give because you feel guilty or obligated. But give because you went to God and you asked him, God, what should I give? That's my challenge to you. So pray. Give. Everybody say pray. Pray. Give. Give. Then our third one is go. Pray, give, go. Now, here's the first thing what I mean by go. Is at some point God is going to send you or he may send you somewhere. And maybe he won't. If God sends you somewhere, obey if he sends you somewhere. Obey. Everybody say obey. Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah is proclaiming this out. He said, I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Reminds me of a story about a guy named William Borden. And you actually might have heard the last name before. The Borden Cream Company or the Borden Milk Company, it was a little cow with a little daisy. Some of y'all see her shaking your hand, heads. Like, you, that's, that's his family. And so he grew up. He was born, I think, in 1900, somewhere around there, that turn of that century. He was a millionaire in that day, which meant he was pretty rich today in today's, by today's standard. And he graduated high school at 16, because if you were educated, you got to go to school on that day, and so he went to a great school, he went to a preparatory school, and his parents, this is how rich they were, they were like, for your graduation present, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you on a trip around the world. I would like to have those kind of parents, but I didn't. So he goes on this trip around the world, and while he's on this trip traveling Europe and South America, just going all over the place, he starts to feel a call of God to people. Now remember, he's a multimillionaire. His family is rich beyond compare, and he feels this call to be a missionary, to go and to preach and to share and to evangelize the world. So what he does is he goes to Yale because at that time the Ivy League schools were actually Christian and taught the word of God. (laughs) And then after going to Yale, this is how rich they were. Then he went to Princeton. and 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 he got all of his theological degrees and he was ready to go. So he's ready to go. And people... Said to him, What a waste. How could you waste your life? You're rich beyond, you you have a position in the company, you have all the finances you could want. Why are you wasting your life to go over there? What a waste. And so he actually feels the call to go to China. To the Uyghur people, you've probably heard about them if you listen to any news, because we know that in China today they're still being mistreated, they made your iPhone, under compulsion, and they're Muslim people, and he has this call to go to them. So... In order to speak their language, he, he actually decides he wants to go to Egypt first to learn Arabic so that he could speak their language. And he gets to Egypt, and he contracts spinal meningitis. And within one month, he dies. And the American newspapers publish his obituary. And at that day, it wasn't CNN or Fox News or CNBC. just like that newspaper was the thing, right? And so everybody in America reads about this. Tens of thousands of young people say, I wanna do that same thing. The newspaper said, what a waste of a life. His family said, oh man, I wish he wouldn't have done that. But tens of thousands of young people hear his story and they say, I believe God's calling me to go. I believe I'm supposed to go. And so they bury him there in Egypt, and you can actually go to Egypt today and see his grave. But they send his Bible back to his parents. And he had written in his Bible, because that's what you did back in the old school days, Some of y'all do that today i do that i have bibles that are all written in and he writes in his bible when people told him when he was called that he was wasting his life he wrote these words no reserve when people told him man you got to take this job and he had job offers after he finished through through yale and princeton and his dad was like come on you got to take this job or be in the company you're going to lose your fortune He wrote the words, no retreat. No reserve. No retreat. And then when he got on the ground in Egypt and he was sick, he wrote these words in his Bible. No regret. No regret. No reserve. No retreat. No regret. Maybe God is calling you to go. And, I, and, and actually, we are going to be taking our first missions trip as a church in May of this upcoming year, probably around May. We don't have all the details yet. We're going to be going to the Dominican Republic with one of our global partners. And so if you are interested in that in any way, this isn't like a commitment. If you text this thing, it isn't like, hey, we're signing you up and we're going to get your deposit. If you're interested in any way, what you can do is text DR. 24 to 210-756-4100. That is our 2024 Dominican Republic trip. If you're interested in that in any way, we're going to be going. Uh, We have a a care point there that feeds hungry children. Pastor Aaron was there and got to visit uh, this past uh, summer. And so we're going to be taking a group of folks this summer to the Dominican Republic, so text DR24 to 210 756 That's just gonna allow us to get information to you. If you're interested in any way, that's what you wanna do. So go, obey if God sends you, and here's the, the next thing, go where you can now. Maybe you're like, well, I'm not going to the Dominican Republic, I'm not going to Egypt, I'm not going to China, I'm not going anywhere, but you can go where you can now. Luke 8, 39, Jesus heals a person and he says, now go back to your family. He tells this man, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. That's what evangelism is, telling. So he went through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus has done for, had done for him. In 2 Timothy 4, 5, Paul says to Timothy, he says, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. We're all called to tell. We're all called to go. So how do we do that? As I'm wrapping up, how do we do that? Really, there's two ways we do that. That's share and care. Everybody say share, share. and care. Let's say it again, share, Share. Care. care, share. To share really means this, is we ask questions and we listen to people. We ask questions and we listen to people. Notice I didn't say we answer questions. Sometimes I think we're just too quick to answer questions that people are not asking. For, for instance, I heard a great story about this is, is a guy was in a class and they were talking about, you know, like the problem of suffering. Most people, when they want to talk about suffering, you know, they're not asking a philosophical question. You know what kind of question they're asking? A personal question. What kind of question is, are they asking? Listen. Ask questions. Listen. A- answer the questions they're asking, though. Challenge their assumptions. People have a lot of assumptions about God, and most of which are gloriously wrong. We need to regain the lost art of apologetics. Like, we just think, like, apologetics is for, like, special people to do. Like, we're all called to be apologists. And by that, what I mean is, like, that's not apologizers. That's creative persuasion. Creative persuasion. But in order to do that, you've got to know. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. We've got to know what God's Word is. We've got to know what His truth is to be able to creatively persuade. And here's something that every person could do. Maybe you say like, ooh, I don't know if I'm good at that part, pastor. I don't know if I can challenge people. I don't know if I'm a good at per- creative persuasion. Here's what you can do. Tell your story. Tell your story. Because people can argue with your answers. People can argue with your questions. They can hardly argue with your story. And what do I mean by your story? Story has three parts. Before I met Jesus, I was... I experienced here's how my life was here's how I came to meet Jesus part two here's how I surrender my life to him and part three is here's how it's different now that I've followed Jesus so before Jesus here's how it was here's how I met Jesus here's how my life is now that I follow Jesus that's your story people can't argue with that the last Second part of this is care. Everybody say care. You know, part of our strategy at Rise is just to meet people's practical needs. That's why we do something like Serve Day. I know many of you were a part of it. We had over 300 people be a part of our Serve Day. Going out and partnering with the organizations and look at at all those beautiful people. Look at some of the, the great things that we did. We, we went out and I heard so many reports from the organizations we partnered with. They said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, I, and, 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 and even as like an auxiliary to that, we were there at the grounds and there was a group there, a motorcycle club called Guardians of the Children. And they were just there looking because they were gonna have an event to raise money to help kids who are trafficked. And we were able to bless them, give them an offering. We weren't even there for that. But that's how it works when you go and tell. You find opportunities to tell when you put yourself in a place. And so for you, that could be, you know, visiting someone in the hospital. Well, pastor, isn't that your job? No, no, it's not. I can do that, but there's no magic in these hands that you don't have already. You have faith to pray for people. You have power to pray for people. You have power to love your neighbor. Too often churches start to deal in an Old Testament mentality, which is well that the pastor has to do the work of the ministry. When actually what we're called to be is a royal priesthood, a holy nation not spectators, but participators in the gospel. So man, we have all, we make it so easy here. We have Operation Christmas Child coming up in two weeks where, we, where you just get a shoebox, fill it up. They put gospel materials in these boxes, send them around the world and tell the story of Jesus. You're doing the work of an evangelist. Another thing that you can do to care is invite and bring somebody. How much do you have to care about someone to say, you know what, I don't wanna invite them to church. I know their life's a wreck. I know they're on the highway to hell, but you know, I'm not gonna invite them to church. They might say no. We even make it easy. We have bring bites here. We have generic ones for big series. We do bring bites. We try to even create events that make sense to bring somebody to. Like if you know anybody with kids, and also in two weeks, we're going to have some, we do this every year in Rise Kids. It's called Candy Palooza. And some of y'all think we do Candy Palooza just because we like giving out candy to kids. But we're way more strategic than you think. What we believe is this is an easy opportunity for even kids to invite their neighbors, invite their schoolmates, for you to invite someone in your neighborhood. Hey, we got Candy Palooza coming up. We're going to be giving out a ton of candy. Kids are going to have fun in class. Come with me to church this weekend. We make it easy. We make it easy to bring someone. That's coming up October 29th, two weeks from today. It's an easy way to bring somebody to do the work of an evangelist. Everybody say pray. Everybody say give. Everybody say go.